Today's show is sponsored by The Restillery. The Restillery creates custom-made lamps out of your favorite used bourbon bottles. We're talking handcrafted artisan work with no two exactly alike. Check out their shop at therestillery.com. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y dot com. Today's show is also sponsored by Wilson Artworks. Bourbon fans, if you're looking for heirloom quality handcrafted copper cups coated in silver, Wilson Artworks has the perfect mint julep cup or jigger for you. Check them out at wilsonjulepcups.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever Bonded in Bourbon podcast. I'm Armand, and I'm here with my favorite sipping partner, travel partner, life partner, the intelligent, beautiful, and all-around bourbon badass, Samara. Hi guys, welcome to Bonded in Bourbon. So, this podcast is a labor and love for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's grown out of the success of Black Bourbon Society uh, and the support that we've received from all of the members all across the country, and we're so grateful to all of that, all of you. We want Bonded in Bourbon to be an extension of our ever-growing whiskey family. So, Samaria, tell the listeners what they can expect from us here. Well, we are Bonded in Bourbon. It's our new podcast that is on the ABV network. And Bonded in Bourbon is really going to be a whiskey review show that, you know, talks about um, lifestyle, um, our love of whiskey, our love for each other, and all of the industry happenings. Um, Armand and I have extremely different palettes. So it's going to be really interesting to see how we um, how we taste our whiskey and how we score the the whiskey and um, the overall reviews that we give for the whiskeys on the show. So that's that's about it. You know, we'll it'll change and morph. We're going to have some interesting guests. We want to get some guests from the ABV Network on. We want to get them on from our membership, which is Black Bourbon Society. We want to get some listeners on. Also, uh, bourbon industry insiders, master distillers, everybody. We want to, um, we really want to be able to have fun with this and really be able to showcase um, whiskey reviews from our perspective. Yeah, and we'll get into a little bit more about our palates and just how you taste and how we taste things differently. Yeah. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit after the break. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we got here and how we, uh, what type of whiskey we enjoy and, you know, how we came to this point. So. How did you get into whiskey, Samara? Well, you know, I started Black Bourbon Society about two years ago now, in 2016, when I realized that there wasn't that a lot of um, there wasn't a lot of people in the industry who looked like me. You know, I'm an African American woman. I'm over 35. I'm not going to give my age quite yet, um, <laughs> but the, you know, I just didn't I didn't see any representation in the industry. So I created a group to um, find like-minded bourbonites. That's what I call my members, but like-minded people who loved whiskey and 
who um, wanted to learn more about bourbon. And yeah, it just grew from there. We've got over 3,000 members across the country. And we've done events in Oakland and in Atlanta and in Louisville. And we're just growing like wildfire. So this just seems to be the next step. We always do reviews in our private group on Facebook. And um, we really wanted to be able to share some of the knowledge and some of the the, the, the things that we've learned along the way through um, the podcast. So so when did you first get into whiskey? Um, probably about 2015, 20, like, yeah, 2015, I got into it. And um, yeah, I have two kids, so I'll just keep that as my short answer <laughs> as to why I started drinking whiskey, why I started drinking bourbon. But um quickly fell in love with the spirit and started, you know, drinking it at cocktails. And as my palate became more sophisticated, I started drinking it neat and started making great friends within the industry up, up in California where I was living. So it just grew from there. I think this is a real important point for our listeners because you came to whiskey just around three years ago. Yeah. And really uh, totally. immersed yourself into it mm-hmm. and really, like you said, your palate, uh, you really became a lot more sophisticated over a period, of, a short period of time. And so for those of you who are out there listening who would consider yourselves to be bourbon curious, you know, dive right in. And oh, yeah. this is something that is, don't be intimidated. There's certainly a lot out there, but we're here to help with that. Yeah. But, you know, you can dive right in. You don't have to have been drinking for 20 20 30 years in order to really understand yeah that's true now you should tell everyone how you got started in the and <laughs> in, in this so i actually have been drinking for 20 30 years <laughs> right <laughs> and, and i my first uh my first whiskey was a jim beam white label uh i'm not going to reveal the age that which i uh, first tried that but let's just say that my father was not pleased and it was underage <laughs> but continue but uh i grew grew up uh and you know we went to college and you know we drank you know all the makers and uh jim beam and jack and crown and we drank all of those and then when i graduated and got into the professional workforce i really started to get heavy in the scotch and japanese uh and the japanese whiskeys and really developed a great appreciation for for those different varieties mm-hmm. uh, and really love a lot of those varieties. So I came, uh, when, when we came together and you were, I remember we exchanged, you know, you sent a list of bourbons for me to try. I sent a list of scotch and Japanese for you to try. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I must admit that I did enjoy all the bourbons that you recommended and hopefully you enjoyed the, the 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 scotch and the Japanese that I recommended. But that kind of goes to show the differences in our palate in terms of how we taste and the things, the flavors that really stand out to us. And so yeah. we'll get into that. And you guys will really get to see that a lot um, with our with our when we do our tastings for our, for our various bottles and we'll do we'll do at least a one bottle a week for you guys yeah once yeah. a week for yeah. sure so let's get down to it what's the what's the very first whiskey that we're gonna taste so the first whiskey we're gonna taste today is eagle rare tenure okay. eagle rare tenure uh. sorry have to be specific. Um, 
<laughs> and so on that note, just be patient with us as we work through the kinks because this is our very first show. But um, but yeah, we're going to start off with Eagle Rare. But I think before we um, really go into the whiskey tasting itself, we just want to give a quick, you know, synopsis of how we're going to do our scoring. Right? Yeah, so we'll do that. So we'll, what we'll do is we'll run a commercial real quick. When we come back, we'll tell you a little bit about the Eagle Rare, about what about the label, about the bottle, where it's distilled. We'll give you a little bit of information about that, and we'll go into the tasting, and then we'll explain our scores, you know, and how we rate and how we do our scores, okay? okay. So we'll see you guys back in a few minutes. Okay, sit tight. Now for a bit of bourbon lore brought to you by the Staven Thief Society, where you can study and deepen your enjoyment of America's native spirit while becoming an executive bourbon steward. While bourbon cannot have anything added to it aside from water and still retain the name bourbon, other whiskeys aren't so constrained. Scotch can have coloring added, and Canadian whiskey can have both color and flavor added. The most common additive is called caramel coloring because of its mouthwatering amber glow. And where is the world's largest maker of caramel coloring base? Louisville, Kentucky. So even when you're drinking something other than bourbon for some reason, you may well be sipping another product from the heart of bourbon country. And that's just one of the many pieces of bourbon history, trivia, and myth you'll learn on your way to becoming an executive bourbon steward with the Staven Thief Society. Sign up for a class today at staventhief.com. On behalf of the Staven Thief Society, I am Samara of Bonded and Bourbon. Armand, tell listeners about The Bar To Go. They've been a longtime sponsor, but people still may not know what they're all about. The Bar To Go features handcrafted American-made traveling mini bars. These canvas or leather pouches will carry everything you need to make a cocktail or take along with your favorite 50 milliliter bottles of bourbon. These things make great gifts for men or women, and you can check out the complete lineup at thebartogo.com, and that is the number two in the web address. Be sure to use the coupon code ABVN to get 30% off your order. Welcome back, everybody, to Bonded and Bourbon. I'm Armand, here with the lovely Samara. And we are going to get into our tasting of the Eagle Rare 10-Year. Uh, Samara, you can tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about Eagle Rare 10-Year. Okay, well, Eagle Rare is underneath the Buffalo Trace label. It's made at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, the 10-Year, which is what we're tasting today, is 90 proof. And it um, is, you know, it's distilled Buffalo Trace. It's a beautiful property out there in Frankfort, Kentucky. Um, and one of our, you know, favorite tour guides, Freddie Johnson, is actually out there and giving tours and talking about all the great things that come out of Buffalo Trace. So we definitely love to highlight him. He's one of the only African Americans that have um, that. He's a fourth generation African American. Mm-hmm. Um, in his family to work with a Buffalo Trace distillery. And he should be in the Bourbon Hall of Fame. And he should be in the Bourbon Hall of Fame, but 
we'll let the we'll we'll figure that out later um <laughs> but um yeah so that's a, a little bit about eagle rare um yeah it's 90 proof and so um i think we should talk about our scoring so when we as we taste there's several there's there's really five major components when you taste a, when you taste a whiskey so what what are the five components um so the According to Stave and Thief Society, which Armand and I are both certified, executive certified bourbon stewards, shout out to Colin, um, there are five things that you should notice about a bourbon, and that's its appearance, the nose, its taste, the mouthfeel, and the finish. So we are each going to rate our, um, this, our pours of this bourbon of Eagle Rare on a scale of one to 10 for each one of the categories. So again, that's five different categories, appearance, nose, taste, mouthfeel, and finish. So it's up to each bourbon gets an opportunity to get a high score of 50 from each one of us, from Armand and me. And then we will combine the score for overall, you know, rating um, the whiskey. And so the highest combined total score that a bourbon can get is 100. Yeah. Yep. And we'll try not to rate everything on 100. We'll try really hard. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> there's some great bourbons, but, you know, there's good bourbon and there's amazing bourbon. So there'll right. definitely be a variance. Right. So. All right. So... Let's let let's let's do the taste. Let's get to the good part. Okay. So, appearance. Well, first we've got to open the bottle. Well, I mean, this bottle is very pretty, and so. We yeah. The, well, I, you know what? It. And I think that's yeah. a really good thing. Like appearance, yeah, right. right? Should include bottle yes. design, labeling, yes, and um, the color of the actual whiskey. Absolutely. It's the overall packaging that really does get me interested mm -hmm. i'm really big in the marketing we do a lot of direct consumer marketing events with the brands through black bourbon society um so presentation is extremely important for me yes um and so yeah so this bottle the eagle wear bottle it is beautiful it's sleek it's tall it's got a lovely script on it plus this beautiful eagle etched on it um, and then most of the labeling is actually on the back side of it. And it gives a beautiful description of, you know, uh, the distillery, the age and all that stuff. So in the overall color of the bourbon, it's amber. It's a beautiful amber color. Yeah, I think that it, it, it's a very inviting color. I, to, to me, it reminds me of a lot of a of a maple syrup, a light a light maple syrup, mm -hmm. uh, and so definitely invites you to open the bottle and and pour pour a drink. Oh yeah, and I think you know the bottle is just so sophisticated. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just really talks about speaks to the the quality of the of the products that typically come out of Buffalo Trace. Too. Well, and that's also one of the things that's important uh, to note in that we, we talk about this bottle, but this is a very affordable bourbon. Oh, yeah. 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 It's yeah. only, what, 30, 35? One year between the, yeah, yeah. that range. You know, for a while, Eagle Rare got a lot of, like, popularity, and the price did <laughs> kind of skyrocket, kind of got scarce on mm -hmm. us a little bit as... You know, anything that comes out of Buffalo Trace seems to be allocated these days. But yeah, it's still a really good price bourbon to yep. come up from underneath their label. All right. Okay. So how would you rate it in terms of your appearance? So, you know, for appearance, 
I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it a high score. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go for a nine on appearance. I'm gonna agree with you, uh, and give it a solid uh, give it a solid nine for appearance. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the nose. All right. What are the most important things that uh, that impact you on the nose? So for the nose, for me, those those uncomfortable pauses is actually me stuffing my nose in the suburban. <laughs> so for the listeners you explain how do you actually how do you actually smell the burger um i you know that's interesting i you know part my my mouth i keep my mouth open a little bit put mm-hmm. the my tongue on the roof of my mouth and just mm-hmm. kind of inhale through my nose and my mouth at the same time because of course like your nose is connected to your mouth so it's just, right. it all affects the same you pick up lots of sensory that way right and so tasting, because tasting is not just done through your tongue, through your mouth. Tasting is done through your eyes as well as your nose. It's a total sensory experience. And so all of these factors come into play in terms of how you taste the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this one for me, it smells very um, warm and like caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also smell golden apples in it. I get vanilla on the nose i do get the caramel notes um that you get that you get um lots of vanilla very uh very sweet and inviting not very heavy no uh, on, not very heavy on the nose we'll see what it tastes like on once it hits our tongue but very light very sweet um flavor profile on the nose yeah i also pick up some oak notes it's very oaky Mm -hmm. which would make sense it's been bottled for 10 years Mm -hmm. barreled for 10 years Mm -hmm. so i do pick up that oak i I definitely pick up some wood in there Mm -hmm. yeah it's very rustic if i could say that yeah very rusty yeah that's another key thing that we to note is that there is no wrong answer (laughs) so what you smell when you're tasting what you smell and what you taste is 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 what you smell and what you taste. Right. Because the truth of the matter is, right, the only thing that's actually in there... Is whiskey. Is the whiskey, is whiskey in the barrel. So yeah. there are no, there's no lavender in the barrel. <laughs> so if you smell lavender, that's what you smell. Right. So you, don't be worried about, did you get it wrong or did you get it right? What you smell, what you taste is what you smell and what you taste. Okay. So, so what do you think? In terms of the nose, I would give it a solid, I'd give it an eight, maybe seven and a half. It is a little light. I agree. Uh, it is a little light. Uh, and so uh, it's very inviting and very sweet. Um, could use maybe a little bit more heaviness, a little more complexity on the nose, but it's pleasant. So yeah. And that's what I think. I totally agree with that on the nose. Um, I think it's very pleasant. It's mild for me. Um, it's not, nothing that I automatically stick my nose and I'm just like completely wowed or overwhelmed by this amazing aroma. Um, so yeah, but it is mild. I think, you know, sometimes when they fall a little flat or they're a little too mild, you really have a hard time deciphering what you're actually smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this one, I agree. I think I, I'd actually give it a seven. Okay. So. I didn't know we were doing half points, but okay. <laughs> now let's taste it. Mm, that's good. Oh, man. What do you think? Well, the first thing that I get on the tongue is is the maple. Mm-hmm. 
Light maple. That's the first thing that I get. I get I get the maple when I first get some. As it progresses and goes back, I do get a little more spice, um, uh-huh. which is good because you don't want to actually just drink maple syrup, right? <laughs> so you, you get, I get a little bit more spice, probably more of a black pepper than say a white pepper, the smoke, the smokiness of a white pepper, or like the heat of a cayenne. Probably more of a black pepper uh, as I get as I go back on the tongue, but it's still very smooth. Um, it feels full in my mouth. It's not very. It, it's not uh, not not super thick, but it also doesn't just rush from the tip of my tongue right back down my throat. So it, it sits on the tongue pretty nicely. So I, I enjoyed it. You. Um, I think it's light. It's light on the maple. Like you pick it up immediately. It's got mm-hmm. this this really light, like honey, you know, light maple syrup on mm-hmm. the tip of the tongue. But yeah, as it goes back, I pick up again. I still am picking up this apple juice. Lately, I've been picking up apple juice and everything. Though. <laughs> um, but I am kind of picking up some apples. And for the finish on the back end, for me, you called it pepper, but it's more like a cinnamon on my end. Okay. Um, and but yeah, and it's. Maybe even like a touch, a touch of fennel or cedar. Mm. Maybe that's cedar that cedar that be. I'm really picking the, up. The rusticness that you yeah, had on that the nose, oakiness that translated, yeah. Uh huh. So that's what I'm getting more on the back end, but it's um, still very mild. It's not. A, it's not a flavor bomb. It's not anything that just overwhelms the palate. I think it's a little thin, so it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about. You'll hear us say um, viscosity a lot, or it's very viscous. It's not very viscous. It's actually a little on the thin side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great sipper. You know, I think we're kind of knocking out the yeah. last three all in right. one. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and go straight through the finish. Yeah. I think the finish is amazing. There's very little burn. It's just got a nice little Kentucky hug on the back of your throat. Um, but it's it continues to invite you to drink drink it more and at 90 proof that's what it should right mm-hmm. like it should it should be a very easy sipper like a almost a daily sipper you could drink this every day and it would be great i agree i think that the finish is very it's very smooth um uh it's it is warm but doesn't really burn uh and it stays with you i would give it a medium length mm-hmm. uh in terms of it's not it doesn't although it's light and sweet the finish it does stay with you for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't go away right away. So I I, th- I I actually like that a lot. That's kind of probably where my where my sweet spot would be in yeah. terms of how I like my finishes. Uh, I don't necessarily want to uh, want to finish a dram and still be feeling it. You know, 10, 15 <laughs> minutes later before I've even taken another sip. So right. I like the medium finish. Yeah, uh, we do. and I think that the smoothness of it is also, as you said, it's inviting to continue to take another sip of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would rate it overall in terms of taste. I mean, I would give it a solid, I would give it a solid seven on the taste, on the feel, the mouthfeel. I, I agree that it's, it's not super full bodied. It's not all the way, you know, all the way thin. Like I said, it doesn't rush from the tip of your tongue to the back of your throat, but it is more on the thinner side as other whiskeys go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe I'll to give it a six in terms of the mouthfeel. And then mm-hmm. the finish, I'd probably give it a nice eight on, on the finish. Okay. So tally up your scores. So for me, which is really shocking because I, you know, in the past, I've, I've gone in and out of my love affair with Eagle Rare. Um, and so I actually really enjoy it. 
you know, I think it's a it's a great taste. I think it's an easy um, beginner bourbon too. You know, we talk about being bourbon curious and we talk about new, um, you know, our members and our listeners who are new to bourbon. I think this is a great beginner bourbon, especially at its price point. So for me, the taste, um, I think I want to give this one an eight. It's a good sipper. And I think it's a daily, like this could be a daily sipper if you sip bourbon every day. Mm-hmm. I have kids, so I can't. <laughs> but <laughs> so um, I think I'm going to give it an eight for taste. Mm-hmm. On the mouthfeel, I do feel like it's a little thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also going to give it an eight. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I was, you know, I think I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised with this pour today. Good. Yeah. So I, my my palate is growing <laughs> <laughs> you know it's one of my well, one of my favorite versions, yeah so, but... um it is one of your favorites mm-hmm. um six months ago i wouldn't have given this the same rating but i'm really finding an appreciation for eagle rare um and then on the finish i do agree like i think it's got a medium finish you love 90 proof bourbons I typically like anything that's over 100, 110. Um, so I really do like that burn. I like a long finish. Um, I think I will still give it a, an 8. I'm actually going to score higher than you on this. You are going to score yeah. higher than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to rate one of my favorite bourbons higher than I rate it. <laughs> so. so yeah, I think I'm going to give the finish an 8 too. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with this. So what's your total? Um, I don't know. Let's, you know, should we go to a break and total it up and come back and give our results? Sure, we'll do that. All right, guys, we'll see you back here in a few seconds. Uh, we're going to tally up our scores and we'll get back to you in just just a second. Hey, babe, there's a lot going on in the world of bourbon right now. Are we planning any trips? We sure are. I'm working on our trip to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. But wait, that's not until March 20th through the 23rd, 2019. Why would we be working on that one already? The New Orleans Bourbon Festival has gotten so popular. It's a year-round event. Barbara and Tracy are hard at work getting everything lined up and to prepare, they put an early bird ticket price out there right now where you can enjoy the cheapest ticket prices of the year. Plus, if you're considering a VIP experience, those tickets are going fast. I think people want to start working on their own plans to attend the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Where do they need to go and what do they need to do? Get your early bird discount tickets now for the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival at NewOrleansBourbonFestival.com. We'll see you there. Hey, everyone. This is the Bonded and Bourbon Podcast. Armand here with Samar. We just finished tasting the Eagle Rare 10-year and tallying up our scores here. So... Uh, I guess, Samar, you can go first with your score. So, you know, this, just to recap, this is really funny because <laughs> this is one of your favorite bourbons. And <laughs> and I loved it. And I rated it higher than you yes. did. Um, so I gave it a solid 40. 40 out of 50 for me. What did you give it, Armand? 
I gave it a 37. Uh, I felt that it was very strong in the appearance and in the finish. Uh, it did not do as well, quite as well in terms of the mouthfeel for me. Yeah. And that was probably what was the difference in mm-hmm. terms of what we thought about it. But overall, with a 40 and a 37, we've got an overall score of 77, which is a nice, solid score for our first ever bourbon tasting on the Bonnet and Bourbon podcast. You know, so. and I kind of think, like, we're kind of like hard judges. <laughs> 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 like, 77 sounds low, but I mean, that's a really good score, I guess, out of 100, and um you know we let's for for a 30 dollar yeah, bottle for a 30 dollar bottle a 77 i think, I think for is a daily really, sipper that's right I, okay. think it's a, I think it's a really really good score really solid score and we should be very discerning for our listeners and also because we are executive bourbon stewards <laughs> <laughs> every time you say that i'm gonna say shout out to Colin. <laughs> <Shout> out to <laughs> Colin. <laughs> all right so let's get into what's you got coming up next what's going on what's going on with bbs and so Black Bourbon Society is getting tremendously busy in this, you know, the last two quarters of the year. So we've got um, for Labor Day weekend, we will be in New Orleans. Again, we'll be working with the Bean Portfolio. We're going to probably bring in Maker's Mark and Knob Creek and more details to come on that as well. And oh, before that event, we'll be in Los Angeles, August the 30th at Control Collective, which is a co-working space in downtown LA. And we're doing our cocktail conversations with Glenfiddich. And this is gonna be a really exciting um, event with Glenfiddich. We've got some uh, network industry executives on the television side network, not Mm -hmm. podcast and radio, Um, but we've got some TV network um, execs that are gonna be on our panel, as well as releasing their Glenfiddich's new product, which is called Fire and Cane. It's a scotch that's made with, you know, traditional scotch uh, burn charred barrels. And then also cane is the rum. So they're they're doing Finish some it's a barrels. it's a rum oh, cast. Wow. Right. That sounds amazing. So we want to definitely get um, a sample of that and start reviewing that as well. But we'll all be releasing that on August the thirtieth in Los Angeles. Well, and Cocktail Conversations has been a very successful series for us so far in terms Mm -hmm. of everything we've done. We've done how many so far? We've done one in the Bay Area. We did one in June or May um, featuring two up-and-coming entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a great success. Mm -hmm. And we also have a few more coming up after Los Angeles in Philadelphia and in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly Miami, but I'm going to leave those that for later on in the year. We'll come back with some more details on what that event is actually going to look like. Yeah, you guys stay tuned. Just tune in every week and we'll keep you updated on what we've got going on. Yep. Uh, some more work and everybody reach you. So they can reach us at Bonded in Bourbon Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter and Facebook, we are just Bonded in Bourbon. Uh, and then if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Sammy B. Rivers. And Black Bourbon Society is at Black Bourbon Society on Instagram. And you can reach me on Instagram at I am Armand. And you can reach me on Twitter at Armand Davis. So, yeah. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. This is our first ever Bonded and Bourbon podcast. We're so excited. We made it through a live. Yes. And 
keep uh, we uh, promise uh, we'll get better and we'll stop <laughs> umming and eyeing, but it's gonna get great it's gonna be great <laughs> yes and so we'll see you guys every week uh with the podcast and we look forward to interacting with you guys throughout the week on social media and just tune in and we hope to have a great experience with everybody yeah enjoy your evening. drink responsibly drink responsibly cheers cheers Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Distill Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.